0: This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniels Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and Kaijuagogo. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to March 14th, 2016. It is Pi Day, and what a better day to have a brand new episode of The CrossRip. That's right, this is a sparkling brand new episode that's the proper show format. After all of the trailer release and round tables and all sorts of stuff, it's time to actually have a proper episode. So what do you say? You want to join Chris and I for a little Ghostbusters discussion? Come on, it's good for you. Build strong bones.
0: Still Playing With Toys.net presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since
2: 1909.
0: Sounds great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters.
3: Are you the
0: key man? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart.
1: Wake up. No. We ended the last episode with you sleeping. It can't be as it for us. <laughs> it's still uh, going. Yeah, it's several days later and you're still sleeping. But no, if you got to get up. You gotta... If it could
3: go forever, I'd right. let it.
1: Ew, yeah. Just let me hibernate. Just let me sleep through the winter.
3: I was having a chat with a guy. Where, uh, it's uh, one of those businessy chats. and Sometimes it becomes like a... Uh, a little hypothetical uh, brain puzzles sort our of discussions. And He's like, "What would you do if you were us?" I'm like, "Take a vacation." <laughs> he's like, "What?" I'm like, "You look way less busy than I am. First thing I do is I take a vacation."
1: I would get out of town. No, you can't take a vacation. There's too much going on, Chris. There's too much Ghostbuster stuff going on. And and you know what's crazy is we haven't talked in. Well, I mean, we've talked. but there, We've put out eight hours of content, um, but we haven't had a proper sort of cross-rip news magazine show in almost seven episodes. It's been since 2008. We haven't
3: spoken to the format. Yet yeah, in... so
1: thanks, trailers and all sorts of other stuff going on <laughs> that we we can't just have our normalcy and our, our usual routine. Come on. Two it's months ago, nerve. we
3: looked back and laughed at naive... Uh, August of 2015, us, for thinking, <laughs> can we do an hour a week? I'm looking back now at, at us two months ago, go, laughing at uh, that we thought that we could keep it under four hours a
1: week. Um, yes, yeah, four hours a week. Yeah. Uh, uh, Let's see, we, we posted a show Monday, then we posted a show Wednesday, then Thursday, then a bonus episode Friday, then another episode on Monday. Well, we, sh- we should probably get to it so that people can't complain that we're not we're not talking about stuff. But there's so many news articles, so many news items, uh, a lot of stuff that kind of got buried under the trailer. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about both trailers, both the domestic and the international, so don't you worry. But we also have some... Some stuff that kind of got lost in the fray. So uh, yeah, we're we're gonna do a, a little bit of a highlight week with some breaking news stuff, and hopefully we can make it through in two or three hours or less, so that we don't have to release four episodes this week. But let's let's do it. Here we go. Egon. Peter, I have some news from the world of And Yeah, will here's your next month's cover of GQ. Okay, Chris, we we had a roundtable. Um, we, we chatted, Figurative,
3: figuratively speaking,
1: figuratively speaking. Um, but we, it was one of those, it was great cause we had a lot of great guests and you know, you and I just haven't had a chance to sort of sit and unpack everything because we were, we were fortunate enough to go to that ghost core, um, the event that they held the Wednesday before the trailer came out and you and I started talking about our thoughts and we started dissecting stuff and then we put a pin in it and we said, wait, we're going to talk about it on the air. Um, mm. and then we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. i mean we we had a, a chance to talk <laughs> with everybody but you and i one-on-one <laughs> no. have not had a chance to talk about it so our
3: fireside chat has not yet happened
1: it has not happened so i thought what we should do chris is you and i should just chat about that first domestic trailer then we should chat a little bit about the international trailer that just came out this week this past yes. week um and then there's a lot of cool news items that have Sort of stemmed out of that, but so first, let's start with the domestic trailer. Um, now that we've had about uh, you know a week and a half, two weeks to sort of stew on it and and look through things on a on a granular level. Um, you know, what, what stands out to you in that, that domestic trailer that we haven't chatted about because we've, we haven't talked since we did the listener feedback episode where a lot of people got hung up on the 30 years later thing. A lot of people, you know, said that the, the jokes, especially the one at the end with the power of Patty compels you didn't really land for them. Um, I, I I mean, it seems, it seems to me like people have very strong opinions either way. And it's a, wide variety of of subjects a wide variety of things either they love something they hate something they weren't pleased with something they were super pleased with something everybody's got an opinion so now you have to listen to ours guys <laughs> yeah. so chris let's let's uh, maybe tell me what you were thinking about this trailer now you know two two weeks later how are you feeling about it
3: i like it and actually um compared to the international one which we'll dive into more a bit more actually I, I think i like it more than the international
1: Oh, that's interesting. That's I know. Interesting. Why? What what makes it sort of stand out above the international trailer to you?
3: Um, I think it's all subjective. I think yeah. the jokes and stuff they picked to show in the first one uh, hit me. Uh, it tickled my fancy a bit more than some of the stuff we saw in the second one. Mm. Not to say that the second one's bad, it's just that what we've been saying all along is that, you know, comedy is subjective and people are kind of like, these jokes suck and I like, well, I like those ones. And then <laughs> we're on the second one and some of those same people are like these ones are better and I'm like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> they're they're pretty much the same tone. I mean, they're still going for the big jokes. They're going for Leslie Jones trying to crowd surf hitting the floor and and yelling. It's the same sort of note that the yeah. the domestic trailer ends on, just a different and, a different joke. And that's
3: that's um that's been a talking point with people that watch these trailers going oh it's such broad comedy and it's kind of like a you forget that you know the first two ghostbusters actually had a lot of broad comedy and b that's what you do with your trailers like <laughs> i'm not sure where people think trailers have ever 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 stood on uh you know at 2 minutes how do you put a subtle you know dry joke in there you know, even then you got to pick the the best of the best right so
1: Well, and so interesting, too, that the international audience gets glimpses at certain things. I'm willing to bet because it's things that the international audience would spark to. You have more Chris Hemsworth, but it's because I think Chris Hemsworth is using his proper accent. He's using his native accent. So right there you get an international appeal because you have a non-American character (laughs) that's featured in the the film.
3: Where did it launch from again uh, properly? Was it? it was Australia. it Australia? It was Australia. So yeah, then, so. ta-da.
1: And I think, so, for those that weren't playing the home game, that aren't monitoring it as closely as you and I were, this originally launched from, like, comicbookmovie.com or one of, one of the, the blog, movie blog <laughs>
3: websites i i superhero
1: I don't, hype.com initially one I of wanted to say
3: superhero hype and then i started wondering was it comic book resources i can't remember I can't, yeah i
1: can't remember but it it was a little it was a little suspect because it didn't come out through any of the usual sony channels and then it was quickly pulled it was in it was in um yes it was russian uh slash ukrainian um <laughs> i said ukrainian and i think I won but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 seemed like it, it, somebody goofed somebody at Sony pictures, Russia, or, you know, somebody pushed the button before they were supposed to. Um, and you know, it's, it's okay that usually that's what happens with the international outlets, not to get too marketing, but there's, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of people that have to talk to each other. And there might've been a miscommunication as to when we're going to push the button to make that thing go live and somebody jumped the gun. But, but yeah. So <laughs>
3: or if you want to listen to the conspiracy theories, it got pulled because Sony saw all the the negative comments.
1: Oh right, well that makes total sense that they saw negative comments and they pulled a trailer. That discounting
3: yeah. the fact that it came out <laughs> twenty four hours later through a Sony channel, yes, <laughs> exact yes same exactly one in English no less. Well, but remember it's become <laughs> uh, uh, anyhow.
1: Well, I think you know if if we if we sort of compile what actually happened, you know, Sony Pictures Australia releases it. My guess is that because shortly thereafter, Chris Hemsworth on his Twitter account with his 1.6 million followers tweeted it out. So to me, I think that was the initial strategy. And again, somebody jumped the gun and somebody got yelled at, got a stern email that got taken down. And then the Australia version went up first and then everybody else followed suit. So to me, I think that, you know, Paul Feig has his one point blah, 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 blah blah followers. And then Chris Hemsworth has his 1.6 million followers. And that's probably what happened.
3: But yeah, people tend to interpret things based on what's in front of them and forget to ask what they might be missing, uh, which is a major lack of training in the schools today when it comes to critical (laughs) thinking. Um, For example, the it's been a week now uh, since we saw the trailer first and tomorrow. Nope, sorry, <laughs> time shift. Yeah, time shift. Uh, this Thursday. is Monday. This yeah. is Monday, but this past uh, Thursday, uh, the day after the, uh, we did this recording, will have been one week since the world got the, the first trailer. And what everybody forgets is, for example, there's a Sony Pictures Canada. They put the trailer out too.
1: Oh, um, really? Canada adorable. didn't put the domestic version out? It wasn't that no, the U.S. version? Oh, okay. It
3: did put out the U.S. version at almost the exact same time, and adorably, it's, you know... Got nowhere near the numbers because why? The world's looking at the <laughs> the, the Sony <laughs> Pictures of America one, right? ah. like it's, but that's the thing, right? Like Sony is uh, a you know an international uh, corporation, a multinational corporation, as they uh, properly say, and every country is a territory, and every country has its outlet that that put it out, right? It's. Yeah um what was most interesting is that we got a little peek at the uh the the you know eastern europe uh or at least one of the eastern european dubs <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah a great voice cast whoever they've got dubbing it they're really selling i don't know what they're saying but they were really selling it and oh, but man. to their to their credit though a few of those jokes actually sold even though i had no idea what they were saying it was almost playing like watching a foreign film without the subtitles on it it it's a couple yeah. of the jokes still landed for me, like the the joke where Kevin has designed a new logo for them and, you know, he's so proud of it and they kind of are biting their tongues going, "Uh, no, yeah.
3: Yeah, or, or trying to, you know, uh, pull the, the push door or diving into <laughs> right. a, uh, a mosh pit and not getting, a, you know, actually those two are comedy classics. Um, uh, and actually a good, a good highlight of... Uh, interesting thing that came out of both trailers that I disagree with is that uh, oh my god they've gone for slapstick comedy yeah nods is like we to were,
1: classic comedy
3: this is this is what we were saying before that you put your broad stuff in your trailer right because it, it, things are moving fast you're not even showing the entire scene you've just literally almost got to show the punchline so slapstick and physical and broad stuff it's the stuff you can sell faster. You need sure. less less lead up. You need less information. You know what I mean? Like someone jumping into a mosh pit, all they had to show was Melissa McCarthy uh, riding the crowd and then Leslie Jones doesn't. Comedy! Yep. And Second yeah, and a half. You got it. Yeah. It's not the most sophisticated, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's you know it's terrible. And an interesting debate came out that people were saying that, well, the first one wasn't like this. And I'm like are you kidding?
1: The (laughs) Three Stooges inspired, uh, Ghost Breakers inspired. Exactly.
3: um, Um, And somebody charged me at one point. They were like, where? And I'm like, "Uh, let's see. Come here, Francine. Uh, Stop that. Stop that.
0: Um,
3: That whole scene, by the way, is the setup for, for a lot of that to come. And the best example of them, you know, giving a nod to the old, Uh, Bob Hope, Bowery Boys, you know, Three Stooges kind of roots. That whole scene where they, like, talk to the ghost, the library ghost uh, uh, transforms, and they do that little... Backwards skip. <laughs> yeah. Like, where and the three...
1: They the run three out of the were... library and then they do that, like, corner turn, the really Three Stooges, like, the three hard servers. right turn. Yes.
3: Yeah. Uh, the, the sound of one of them going...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and to top it all off, that's when they bring in the busboy. So it has this crazy whack, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. the, the modern 90s uh, equivalent of, uh, you know, there was, those guys rock, but it was still, you know, with the piano high energy it harkens back to like the same manic kind of uh, piano music they used to put in you
1: know, yeah. yeah it's a silent film joke uh, out,
3: honestly practically yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so
3: it's a i don't know we've come kind of full circle through our stuff here i should ask you uh, what you thought of the international trailer or well, the domestic trailer
1: for that matter. i mean i think it's it's funny that we're talking about music because what stood out to me was the music in the international trailer i mean i i just on a, on a broad sense, I think that both of them are very similarly toned, so I can't necessarily say one is better than the other. And you know, they both they both do their job. They both got me excited for the movie. But um, the music in the international trailer actually is what grabbed me a little bit more than the domestic one because you've got um, it's it's the similar the piano theme at the beginning, uh, then it sort of goes into that remix about midway through. Um, but then it, it shifts the minute that the Ecto comes screaming out of the the Chinese restaurant. They kind of throw in this, it's like a mishmash of the remix plus a little bit of source music. It sounds like they're blaring the, the Ray Parker Jr. theme over like an intercom or something on the Ectomobile, yeah. <laughs> which is funny. And then once we get into the big sort of, you know, what I'm assuming is like the big act three, like battle in, in Times Square or whatever, um, then there's there's that that combination of the two where it's the remix and then you've got kind of like the funk Ray Parker Jr. guitar that kicks in and I'm going, Yes, this is perfect. This it's the sort of molding of modern and old and the music just really, really stood out to me in this this international trailer. So um Yeah, it
3: had a lots of little different I mean, there's lots of different footage. Um, like you said, a lot more Chris worth uh hen smurf uh, <laughs>
1: no he will pound you for that sir he chris will, hemsworth. he will punch oh, you in the when face oh he's
3: not bulked up for thor he's fairly <laughs> male bottle sure. i could probably all right. take him
1: i'd like to see you tell him that to his face <laughs> go ahead good luck i'll stand behind this wall well, <laughs> have on, him on the own. show
3: all right first things first, chris hemsworth
1: um, <laughs> Oh you're calling him out
0: you're calling no him
3: he like i said A uh, big chunk of that that trailer was devoted to bringing him in whereas domestic got just a little taste. International got lots of them. Sure. Uh, we got uh, our first look at uh, the Beasts of Mayhem yes. concert. Yes,
1: oh, I didn't even talk about it. Yeah, that looks awesome. Now we um, get that glimpse of how big that concert's going to be.
3: In sound, we got um, th- just like the first one uh, tossed in uh, some classic uh, power, power power pack boy. (laughs) It's almost like I'm exhausted. Um, Oh, buddy. (laughs) uh, But you can cut it out if you want. I don't know. Uh, Power Pack. God, I did it again. (laughs) Hand (sighs) me that beer. You're done, Chris. You are done. (laughs) I did love that Marvel comic, however. Uh, Proton Pack, the sounds they put in the first one. Uh, This time, we got to hear... Uh, this is the thing like in the first one i questioned whether that was them just taking some existing uh proton pack and sweeten the the, the trailer by throwing it on top there sure because it yeah. didn't 100 percent seem like it was properly in the scene like maybe it was just thrown on top this time we got an ectosiren, siren but it's not the classic ectosiren. siren we got the the ectro screaming around town with a uh, new siren sound.
1: Yeah, and a different Slimer, uh, a different growl from him. Um, yeah, that I, again, I don't know. You know, this is all temp mixed, temp sound design anyway, so it's probably not indi- It's not indicative of what we're gonna get in the no. final movie. But it, maybe they're still playing around with it.
3: Yeah. Well, you and I talked about it too. These days, you often don't necessarily do these things in house. A uh, whole, whole, a whole third-party service industry exists in in uh, movie land, just to cut trailers for other companies.
1: And good chance that two separate trailer houses—you uh, know, one cut the international, one cut the domestic. It's exactly. A good chance they were not working in conjunction with each other. So.
3: So, mm, although, um, and I guess we'll get to it here, uh, possibly in conjunction with Paul Feig, because he seems to know them inside and out.
1: That's true. That's very true. I mean. Yeah. Well, so before we get into, to Paul Feig's, um, yeah. the couple of verge articles that they did, the other thing, when we're talking about our conspiracy theorists, um, <laughs> s- somebody called out, look, they changed the copy on the cards for the international trailer by saying four friends saved the world. So, yes. um, the question is, is that a response to the four scientists quote unquote controversy? Cause everybody's always mad at something, um, Or is this something that was deliberate because it's a different audience? Um, I I would wager the latter more than the former, that, you know, they want to give it broad appeal to the world um, and they're still trying to get that sizzly marketing copy. So it sounded better to say four friends save the world. I got it. I relate. Fantastic. I'm on board, you know. Um, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily a response mainly because I don't think there was time for them to change that copy out in between the domestic and the international trailer. But do you, do you get a different sense? Was that some sort of clarification that happened at zero hour?
3: I think it might be, to be honest. Oh, interesting. Um, your point is a very strong one. Do they have time? Uh, this thing would have had to have been locked and ready to go Monday at the latest. Uh, so is four days enough time to pull a card out, swap in a card, and render out again?
1: I mean, yeah, in, um, in, theory, in there, theory, there are people working 24 hours a day, seven days a week out here in L.A., but...
3: Yeah, but the thing is, is that you say, like, it, it sells better for friends. It's like, but then if you're showing it to the general public, does that resonate that they know you're talking, like, does that... F- does it seem like they're talking about mm, the first movie? About
1: the the first movie, maybe. I don't because this
3: this it's the, almost like the flip side of the argument to the first one where they went there were people going, oh, there weren't four scientists, blah blah blah, which is something we, we haven't addressed. Yes, they all were scientists. Yes. We can get yes. into that later if you like. But the point is, is when you say four scientists save the world, and you know you're watching a Ghostbusters trailer, click, it all falls into place.
0: Yeah, and I yeah. guess
3: theoretically you could get the same thing out of four friends save the world. It just doesn't seem as strong or evocative yeah, of the first movies.
1: I just I I hear these terrible notes calls that we used to have all the time in in a former life where you have a marketing executive who says Ah, scientists, that's so not sexy. It's so boring. (laughs) Science. This Uh. is why I
3: defer to you, because you actually have (laughs) walked through this this swamp more than I have. I know that it it, says
1: astronauts, but nobody wants to be an astronaut. You know, it's that kind of weird thinking sometimes (laughs) that... To me, if if anything, that's what changed. But
3: I yeah, don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, Occam's razor comes into play, and given the time rush, and you know, like you say, the because the thing is that we didn't, I I didn't factor for when I said, oh, they got four days to do it, is an internal corporate debate has to take place. Yeah, uh, maybe not a huge one, but at least more than you know, one person has to have a discussion and come to a decision. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day if I if somebody said make a bet, I'd bet on you more than me, but just personally that my feeling was kind of I don't know.
1: Yeah. But well, and and you you bring up a good point there that yeah, some corporate entity had to make the decisions. People forget that yes, it is Sony, it's all one umbrella, but Sony uh, Sony Pictures of America is something completely and totally different than Sony Pictures of Australia or Sony Pictures of Japan. They all operate independently. They have their own publicity departments. They have their own marketing departments. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could just be that this was written differently because it was a different company. It was a yeah. totally different company.
3: A decision like that also means somebody had to attach their name to it. And you, the one thing you and I will agree on, because we, it doesn't, it's not just in the movie land. Uh, asking people at a large corporate level to attach their name to a decision—whoo, that's not something that gets sorted out in, <laughs> you know, even yeah. a, even, you know, a week, let alone half of one—and yeah. get a get a trailer rendered out in time.
1: Who takes the fall if it goes wrong? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, well, so Paul Feig actually did address that the th- the th- four scientists thirty years later from the domestic trailer. Um, and these Verge um, did a couple of articles. They did one for the domestic and then they did one for the international, but let's oh, focus. Not the Verge. Wasn't it Verge? The
3: second one. Oh, was, the second one was
1: empire. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, pardon me. Yeah. First one was Verge. Second was empire. Um, but so let's the Verge article first. Let's talk about that because he confirms one thing that I was insistent upon and I'm going to just say it now. I was Right. But uh, Paul Feig confirms that Slimer actually is a puppet that's augmented with CG. Um, and he's, he's got a great quote where he says people are obsessed with Slimer. He's probably the most recognizable thing from Ghostbusters, or he's the thing that people are most focused on. So it's really funny to me that people are saying it looks too CG or y- yada, yada, yada. Um, and so he then goes and says, as I saw the special effects come in, he's actually a puppet. And then we CG'd over him to make him more lifelike. Um so it seems to me like what he's doing with um, that, uh, that Eldridge ghost that we see at the beginning of the trailer, it's a practical person with a bunch of LEDs around her, and then they sort of augment it with CG to make it so that there's something tangible in front of the actors, which I thought was cool.
3: Yeah. And that's something you and I saw firsthand at the trailer event, and is a nice nod back to the original production. So you and I, for example, uh, I think we talked a bit about the round table uh, and it got confirmed later. In a couple of shots, you can see that massive uh, multi-barrel blaster.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, the BFG, is, The BFG, uh, as Abigail, Abigail called it. Yes, yeah.
3: Abby mentioned it, BFG. Um, we saw the, the prop at the event, and you could see tiny LED light strips up the inside of the tubes. Um, so obviously they had this practical lighting in place, uh, which we can see in the... Um, in the, the first... in the Actually, probably both of them in, in Holtzman's lab. Right. You can see it on right. the work table and it's lit up sort of thing. And I suspect when it's firing, it may go in sequence and stuff like that. And that's just a wonderful, practical throwback to the first movies where the throwers, when you pull the trigger to fire them, the little uh, tube at the end had a light in it that lit yeah, up. Yeah, for and had timing. that great yeah. vent
1: light on the top, too, that hit the actor's eyes when they switched it on. That, that kind of... Yeah. Again, it, it just gives it a tangible feeling to it. It makes it feel more real. But, yeah,
3: and, uh, and good for timing as well for the effects guys. And same deal here, right? And for actors too. You know, when you pull a trigger and a thing happens, it's always easier to act around than and pretend it's throwing lightning bolts out. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, was, what was it, Chris Pratt's? They had to tell him to stop going pew-pew when he, <laughs> yes. when, when he fired his gun. Stop making the
1: sounds when you fire your guns, Pratt. Come on.
3: <laughs> um... So, yeah, uh, but we see so little of Slimer in the trailer that it's kind of interesting that he fools us in that couple of seconds. We just all sort of assume, oh, he's CG. So I'm waiting for the cinefex now. I read, yeah, or, the, yeah. or the trailer behind the scenes to get, like, is, is it that they made a nice rubber puppet and instead of having to talk to a tennis ball, they actually interact with a puppet and then he gets kind of, because CG isn't as good at, overlay as it is with replacing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is it mostly that he's just there for uh, motion and acting off of, etc., and then the CGI's came in, or is it, you know, how much of the physical puppet remains is what I want to know.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting to see. And, and I think that that might also speak to the people that are having some difficulty with the the transparency of him. I've seen a lot of side by side comparisons of the original movie and Ghostbusters two, and then this one saying, you yeah, know, why I can't see through Slimer? I don't understand why is he fully opaque? I don't get it. Um, but again, uh, they're probably still work in progress effects. They're probably still figuring that out. Just as you're saying, that balance of you know, if we're scrubbing out a puppet out of the practical shot and putting in the CG, how much? 50 percent, 50 percent opacity. Yeah. You know how much of him are you actually seeing? So, I think that you know, again, uh, it's tough to start judging a movie's visual effects based upon the trailer because you know that those are not final. You know, they they were pr- particularly done for the trailer, and they're probably still going to work on them till zero hour. But, uh, but yeah, and th- oh, so the other thing that was interesting in the Verge article. Um, before I get too far off off t- on a tangent, the the 30 years later cards. Um, Feig says something that might clarify that for a few of the people that you know, were tripped up by that, as we heard on those voicemails in our listener feedback episode. Um, he says, Sony Marketing put together a ton of trailers. They did a really great job, but we kept testing them because I wanted to see what real people think. We can sit around all day and think we know what we want, but you need to find what people want. And if we didn't acknowledge those original movies existed, it was very confusing to people. And I think might have also made us seem a little not reverent to what we owe a great debt to. But it was tough, because we went through a million different wordings. I said it can't play as a sequel because I can't support that, so what's the way to pass the torch? And Ivan Reitman, when he saw the trailer, he was really happy about that. So that sort of confirms what I was thinking. It's just for a broader audience that doesn't quite understand that this is a reboot that we need to acknowledge that there were movies before. I don't understand who are these girls like for, for the layman who is walking into a movie theater while they're still sitting down, trying to put their popcorn in the little cup holder, that kind of person that doesn't quite get it. Um, you know, not, not to trip up people that throw around terms like shared universe <laughs> and for, for us super fans, it, it really wasn't intended for us. So that's that's how I take yeah. that. Um, so, so yeah, so this Empire magazine, um, the things that stood out to me, he talks about Yates's introduction and in the – she's wearing it in the domestic trailer. But the first time that you see Melissa McCarthy's character, Abby Yates, in the trailer, she's wearing – the kind of colander type um, thing on top of her head. And he confirms, yes, that's an homage to Rick, Rick Moranis, uh, the, the Louis Tully, the colander that he wears when he's, when he's being interviewed by the guys. So um, he says a funny helmet is always fun, which I like.
3: Or the, um, the strange little, uh, that, like skull
1: cap and ghostbusters the two. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he sort of covers a lot of ground um, in terms of things that he talked about in the same verge article, um, he talks about the LED lights and using practical effects and not wanting his actors to talk to tennis balls, things, things that we've heard before. Um, but the other cool thing that I thought he, he sort of, <laughs> he talks about how Holtzman had this box of goggles, how they had, you know, the costume props department had a whole bunch of goggles that they wanted Kate McKinnon to wear and uh, their costume designer, Jeffrey Curland, you know, had drawn her with all these goggles on and he wanted to find something that was very Harpo Marx again going back to Marx brothers and broad comedy and, and those classic comedy roots. But, um, so yeah, he, he calls out those goggles as something that's a big thing. And you see here actually in like three pairs of different sunglasses and goggles throughout the trailer, which is, is funny. Um, and then Kevin, of course, because he's such a big part of it, he does say that there's a Christmas tree in the background when, when Kevin is introduced, but don't be fooled by it. It's not taking place during the holidays. Maybe a nod if you listen to our commentaries to the first original movie taking place uh, in a Christmas time, even though it came out in June. Um, and then, other than that, the the Empire Magazine is is pretty pretty much the same. He does call out the um, beasts of mayhem uh, sequences being pretty big, and they're fighting ghosts in a big public place. But uh, but yeah, other than that, um, it's it's pretty much the same. Oh. And he says that he designed the, um, the big breasted ghost logo at the end, that, that (laughs) gag, he actually drew that, which I thought was funny. So, um, so yeah, again, yeah, he unpacks this trailer for the second time in a week, um, for a different magazine, for a different trailer. It's, it's a lot for the poor guy to be doing, but how he's keeping up with it. I don't know. You and I are barely keeping up. So, and that's his job.
3: Um, sound mixing at the same time as he keeps revealing on Twitter and Instagram and all that.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, Paul, are you one of those directors that's sitting in the sound mix on your phone? I know you're not that kind of guy. You're not sitting there doing all of this while there's a sound mix going on? Come on, right? Please don't be. (laughs) This is just me, wishful thinking. Um, But then, all right. so I've kind of, I've wanted to avoid talking about this, Chris, because in my personal opinion it's a non-issue. Um, but there's, there's tons of these so-called controversies. Again, I'm putting those in air quotes because yeah. if if something exists, somebody is mad at it for some particular reason on the internet. It, without fail, um, you're breathing oxygen. I don't like you. It's just I don't understand it.
3: But Yeah, you and I talked about this before too. And I think before we proceed, a better way to say it is not that it's a non-issue, but rather that it's not necessarily one that certainly you and I are the guys who need to speak on it. And I, by extension – uh, yeah. By extension, large chunks of the internet probably aren't in, aren't in a position to talk about it either. But yeah, that's um, a good
1: point. That was my response to somebody on Twitter who had called out, "Why aren't you talking about the the gender issue or the race issue?" And I responded, "I'm like, I'm not an expert. I'm I'm not a sociologist that can describe these kind of things." And um, so. It, Again, I've, I've kind of put it off. I didn't know if we were going to talk about it on the podcast, but um, it actually came up on The Nightly Show with, uh, with Larry Wilmore, and they had a good, a good discussion about it. It's about five minutes long, but I feel like we should let them articulate um, the, the issue and sort of their take on it, and uh, we'll, we'll let them do the speaking for it. So here's The Nightly Show. Well, welcome
4: back. I'm here my panel. First up, Nightly Show contributor Rory Albanese. Yay! Contributor Robin Thede, and he's currently getting the word out as part of Step on Up, an educational program developed for people with diabetic nerve pain, and his new movie Barbershop. The next cut opens on April fifteenth. Comedian, actor, one of our favorite people, Cedric the Entertainer. You guys. Yeah! <laughs> and for everyone at home, join our conversation right now on Twitter at Nightly Show using the hashtag Tonightly. Okay, so. This is a really, one of those just fun topics, but I, I had to ask, especially with Rory, because Rory, this is a big issue for you, and I know. Mm-hmm. This sounds serious to you guys, but it isn't. We're gonna talk about <laughs> Ghostbusters, okay? Because <laughs> so, the trailer for the all-female version of Ghostbusters popped up online last week, and people were losing their minds. Some people said it was racist, saying that the three white leads are scientists and the black girls, played by Leslie Jones, very funny, works for the MTA. And like, why can't, why couldn't she be a scientist, too? (laughs) Some people were really upset. Okay, I'm saying, is there any validity to people being upset here?
0: Yeah, sure, if this was really? real life, but it's a movie about busting ghosts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who cares? If, uh-huh. you, if you're if you a fan of the original movie, you know she's just playing
5: Ernie Hudson's role of, like, the everyday man. But the other thing is, she works for the MTA, uh-huh. but that doesn't mean she's not smart. Like, right. she knows the city. Yeah. She's billed as a municipal historian. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's... People need to chill out.
6: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think just people take it a little too serious. I mean, right. really, if you're gonna... Bust up ghosts. Do you want to right. be with a scientist or a bus driver? Yeah. <laughs> right. Have you not seen yeah. the video of the dude in the Cleveland bus right. driver? That's right. yeah. I want to.
0: Yeah.
6: I want to roll with the bus driver. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Is there, uh, is, there any, is
4: there anything to, like, just because the history of film, you know, the black person's always the sidekick, you know, and people are reacting to more of that kind of legacy, where it's like, how come the black person can't even be the
7: scientist?
4: Well, she's not a sidekick,
1: though. She's a full-on ghostbuster, you know, which is great.
7: No, I was going to say, I feel probably the most qualified here to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's important. No, I do think that you're right, though, because it's a movie, and it's like once you... But there is a component of it that's odd. That You said the Ernie Hudson character. It's like, you know, like, you could suspend your disbelief that the city gets overrun by ghosts, but you can't suspend your disbelief that a black woman has a PhD. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like there's a component to it. Like, If you watch the trailer, the trailer has a part in it where it's like, you're the smartest person in the world, and you're the best scientist ever. And then Leslie Jones is like, and I'm street smart. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, that's a... I didn't make the movie, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm telling you what, yeah, I'm right. telling you right. what people reacted to. Now, that's, I feel yeah. like Leslie Jones- Like they, that's where the reaction came from? Yeah, cause right. they, it's, and uh-huh. to me it's more the way the trailer is built. It sort of sets right. it up in this like right. one, two, three, and, so I, know, and I, I know, and I know things about the streets, right. and you're like, well, that's not, no, we, and I agree that there's a lot of smart people work for the MTA, and the, sure, many of yeah, them are absolutely. engineers, you know, that's yes, how you build absolutely. trains. But it is, there is a component to it that you go, oh, all right. Like, I see why people got, but people yeah. get upset about everything, so.
6: Right, if they would've cast a white girl to play the, that same role, right. we would've been mad it was no black people in the <laughs> movie right. at all. Yes. Right. That's right. And, but, but that's right. the other point. Why does there only have to be one black Ghostbuster? Yeah. I don't understand yeah. that. But you gotta think about it. She is an MTA worker and a Ghostbuster. Right. She, she knows best about the unions. Yes. Yeah. She, she came in and was like, uh-uh. Oh, you know, oh, we're gonna God. get paid for every ghost we bust. Yeah. Two. <laughs> These uniforms. She got it. Yeah. <laughs> you needed her. The uh, scientists don't think like that. I agree.
0: Yeah. They don't exactly. think
7: it. i totally right. Paper per hour. I just yeah. feel like, why does Leslie Jones take shit? like
6: people are giving her
7: all yeah, time? I know. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, are you kidding me? You yeah. get cast as a Ghostbuster? Like yeah, you're yeah. taking that movie. She yeah. it, didn't
6: take it. She's, you know, she responded. You know. No, she, she didn't. And but it's at like at Les dog. What? So yeah. yeah right there. Well,
4: but why? Well, would let you, me read this word because this is a, a quote from from Leslie. Uh, I think on Twitter, she said, it's not a man-woman-race-class thing, it's a Ghostbuster yeah, thing. That's, right. And as far as I'm concerned, we all Ghostbusters stand tall. Yeah. Okay.
7: Yeah.
4: That's fantastic. So, But my question is, are we all Ghostbusters? Yeah.
7: Well, wow. are we really? No, I mean, that's the thing that feels like it requires a bit of training, you know what I mean? I feel like we don't all yeah. have it. It's, but there is that part of, like, how do you not Say yes to being in an iconic movie yeah. mm-hmm. in any in any capacity. Like if they made an Indiana Jones movie and I had to play his like Jewy accountant, right. I'd be like, I'm in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. uh, Dr. Jones, <laughs> <laughs> you're spending too much money on whips. You know, I would take that right. in a second. Yeah. Just to be a part of Indiana Jones. <laughs> just to be a part of that oh, movie yeah. legacy. It's Go ahead, so true. Yeah. And
5: some people just want to be mad you know what I mean like some some people people just see something they haven't even seen the movie and they're mad if Eddie Murphy did the nutty professor today they'd be like yeah he's a professor but why he gotta be nutty why he gotta
6: be nutty last year the big argument are we all Django you know right right are we are we Django (laughs) are we are we underestimating uh
7: the problem with ghosts in the big city yes (laughs) I feel like that should be the issue here I'm more concerned that we have four rookie Ghostbusters handling all of the ghost problems in New York City. I agree. I mean, I was here in '84 when the last thing went down. Exactly. (laughs) We got a Zool situation on on our hands. (laughs) I don't know if if they can handle this. (laughs) Do you believe in ghosts?
6: No. Really? No. You don't believe in ghosts? No, I don't believe in ghosts. Do you know? Do you know this? But I like like when I watch those medium shows, (laughs) then I get scared. Really? No, man. You don't think there's any chance there's ghosts? I think that there may be ghosts, but I don't believe in them. So if they exist, I am go, I don't believe in you. If you were in... <laughs> <laughs> and then they just go yeah, away. They go away. And then like, like, right, I you don't even need a ghostbuster. Like, I just- would be scared, but I don't yeah. believe in you, bro. So I'm yeah. sorry, bro. <laughs> you just you just throw away his existence like i totally rip their self-esteem that's yeah. what i do by like, way, he's like Woo, and i'm like you're nothing that's you're, not the same. Me. you're not, you know i don't believe in you that part. is the you
7: same know. technique i use for trump <laughs> I, I don't yeah, believe in you, believe I don't you.
6: Believe and
1: then
7: just go. if
4: yeah. only he would go away yeah. because of that all right there you go we'll be right
0: back
2: <laughs> if you live in the new york city area or are yeah
1: Nevada, are we all ghostbusters chris That's the question. Are we all... I I think we all wish we were Ghostbusters, but I'm not a Ghostbuster. I can dress up like one, but I'm not cool enough to be a Ghostbuster.
3: I am. You are.
1: (laughs) All right. I agree. You are. I
3: I don't know. (laughs) I think it's one of the strangest affirmational things I've ever heard. We're all
1: Ghostbusters. We're all Ghostbusters. Um, I mean, I get what she was going for. And again, I get why they were kind of picking that apart. But yeah, it's... Um, she's just she's trying to call it out as you know um i'm not quite seeing it
3: the thing about these these issues is that a removed from context they're important issues so that's always what what has to be started with b um just like everything else a lot of people's responses um it's personal to them and you have to Acknowledge that to to a point. And I say that because I know there's a bunch of guys going, then why won't you let me acknowledge that I hate this movie? And I'm kind of like, because to the point is, you've posted it 15 times on my board in one day. I got it. You don't like the movie. I
4: got (laughs) it.
3: I think the best you and I can do is acknowledge that there is a discussion. um, And, you know, just continue to celebrate the the positives that are coming out of this it's hard too in this last week where and this is something you and i will get into the massive reaction like the unusually huge reaction um not positive or negative just
1: overall yeah just mass amount of eyeballs uh, that saw the trailer uh, f- through very i mean not just because people are pointing out the youtube stats but not just through youtube i mean on national tv and it's it's everywhere it was tough to miss
3: the thing that again it's very hard for people from the outside to kind of parse these things. And in this case, even harder because it is so unusual. Um, as of today, I think we've probably hit 25 million on just YouTube. alone. Oh my below. God. This is huge. The response that's, that's, so it's been one week, 25 million. I did some looking at just Sony's lineup. I didn't dig into too many others, but of Sony's lineup, for example, so, because, you know, quite often all they really compete with is themselves. Uh, studios tend to just, you know, <coughs> worry about their own stuff. The Ghostbusters in four days got the number of views that the rest of their lineup, going back several movies and their trailer releases over the last several months, uh, that took four months for other ones to get to. Just crazy, the, the, yeah. the response.
1: But again, it's it's that brand recognition. That's that's what they're going for. The people that yeah. are saying that this is a cash grab, yes, absolutely, because it's intellectual property that's recognizable. Of course, that's what's going to keep the stockholders happy. And uh, this is really so, proving yeah.
3: that, that that thing we heard that Sony's the bit about the white paper that showed that Ghostbusters as a logo was the second most recognizable non-religious i um, you know icon internationally. And this. <laughs> It certainly seems to be the case. Like yeah, put absolutely. Out, put out this trailer and the world has beaten a path to come have a look.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, two two trailers out there. I know we've been talking about them, you know, f- for a couple episodes and now we've talked a good chunk of the episode. But we have other news <laughs> items that we'll get into. We did. We just put a half an hour into <laughs> we it. We did. I mean, there's just we so much. We may be doing this wrong. It. I mean, here's here's my my take on it, Chris. This is the first Ghostbusters trailer in almost thirty years. This is something that you know. Back in nineteen ninety six, I'm sitting on dial up AOL, talking to people about what do you want your Ghostbusters movie to be. Beep, beep. It is happening. <laughs> uh, uh, mom, mom, I'm on the internet. Come on. Ah, uh, I got cut off again. But, um, yeah, I I want to talk about it. I'm, how can I not be excited and want to dissect this and unpack everything that we've seen? So. Uh, you know, there's probably much more to come. But it, at any rate, we'll we'll move on. We'll keep things moving. We got to talk Michael K. Williams because this was big news before that little trailer thing dropped. Um, because Michael K. Williams reached out, well, Entertainment Weekly reached out to Michael K. Williams. And they did this interview with him about Ghostbusters. And he said, yeah, I do a, I do a scene with Slimer. And we all go, Slimer's in the movie. Of course, we see him in the trailer a day later. But... Anyway, it was it was big news at the time. But the nice thing about this is we don't know a lot about Michael K. Williams' character and he, he gives us a little bit of a hint. So here's that audio from Entertainment Weekly.
2: And you were also I don't know if you can talk about this, you're also in Ghostbusters. Is, yes, that, sir. is that correct? Can yes, you sir. can you say a something about that? Um, I play the FBI agent who works for the mayor and our whole thing is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make this go away or we're gonna tell the people it was a, a flash of like, you know, of some in the sky and you know, no, you know that's that's how I think. Run right along, little little women. You know your, your ghosts. We got this. Mm-hmm. And so it's, that's that's how um, my relationship to the to the Ghostbusters. Excuse me, to the Ghostbusters, and it's just it's, it's, that was a dream job. And what was it like working with with the four uh com- comedians? Well, I had I, mean, I guess of, they're all comedians on it. But, yeah, you know, they were. They were, and, and, and they're the top court. of their game, man. But I had the the pleasure of working with Kristen Wiig, and Kate McKinnon on a small little uh, a, a show on. Um, the the, uh, the the God what's the the IFC, IFC called um um uh, sports before dying sure so I got to work with those two ladies on that and so I had a relationship with them already and Leslie Jones you meet her once you feel like you've known her for your whole life she immediately just tre- she, she she penetrates any wall or any barriers you may have she goes right through that goes right to your heart chakra and you know you think you know her all your life so and um and um and Melissa. She's a, she's, a, she's just a gem. So I, I have so much respect for these ladies, man, because it's not hard. It's hard on women in, in comedy. And um, she's doing it and she's bringing in her other women she feels that are just as equally talented as her. And they're doing the, the Will Ferrell thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of respect for them. And this was obviously, uh, I mean, this must have been a big movie for you as it was for me, sort of growing up. What's it like when someone calls up and says, hey, they, they, they may or may not want you for Ghostbusters? You know, that, well, I'm not going to lie, working with Melissa and, and, and Kristen and, and Kate, again, was really dope, but I got to work with Slimer, dude, like Slimer. i have been seeing with Slimer. I'm a huge, you know, Ghostbusters fan, and it was just a, you know, like a dream come true. Like, I hear he's a bit of a prima donna, is that correct? Who? Slimer. He, yeah, he, Slimer's a bit of a diva. You know, she came, <laughs> he came to work, he came to the set a little late, you know, didn't know his lines. He's he a bit much. I hear he's got a, a, a nose-up problem. A but, what uh, you know but bit, bit of a cocaine problem that's you know the, it, wonder, seems, it wonder, seems hyperactive to me I wonder what was wrong with him that day it was just like <laughs> he was just a little just tweaking he was just so excited I was like what dude are you okay Did you have too
1: much coffee this morning that's what it is, this little little candy man huh all right. So if this would have been in the episode, whatever it was, uh, f- three weeks ago now at this <laughs> point, you and I would be, oh, this is great. Slimer's going to be in the movie. What's he going to look like? We would be going crazy about this. But it happened right there on that wake right before the wave of the trailer. So I think it, it got a little lost. Um, but <laughs> but very time, cool.
3: I remember at the time, too, we all looked at it and went, oh, Michael's in trouble. And then the trailer came out and we're like, nah, he's probably not in trouble. Yeah, he's because. all right.
1: Yeah. He he probably got a little slap on the it's like, come on, man! You know you're not supposed to talk about that. But
3: and somebody somewhere went, you know what? It's actually good buzz leading into the trailer.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. It got it. Got some press, and it it got the buzz going before the trailer. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, and then another thing that sort of got lost. Um, Paul Feig on the Ellen Show. You know, all of us woke up at six o'clock in the morning to watch the trailer on on the interwebs but um for again for the broader audience paul feig went on to the ellen show and he had this great discussion with her leading up to showing the trailer to her audience uh, both in the studio and you know out there in tv land and so i thought i would just play a little a little excerpt from that because i think it's it's a very good indication of the type of paul feig uh, type of person that paul feig is
5: Paul, Paul and I worked together. He uh, directed the uh, the Oscar trailer that we did before I hosted the Oscars that was really uh, creative and, and uh, really fun here on the lot. Also, in case you don't know, Paul has directed Spy, The Heat, Bridesmaids, which is like my favorite movie of all time. When we worked together, you were an actor and a director.
4: Yes, before I wisely went behind the camera. Yeah, I... no,
5: no, no, but <laughs> it was really, it's so weird to see we worked together uh, on my sitcom, mm-hmm. And we did this. uh, One of the shows was a Civil War reenactment thing, and I think we found a picture of from 1997. You and I, handsome man, working together in that hilarious. (laughs) I don't even remember that episode. Do you?
4: I kind of yeah. We were you were you joined Civil War reenactors, and all I remember is I got to jump over a wall.
5: Oh, (laughs) it was well. I don't even remember it, but we worked together. I do remember that we worked together, Um, and I love that you work with so many great work obviously Melissa McCarthy you work with a yeah. lot who is hilarious mm-hmm. and when you did Ghostbusters when you decided to do <laughs> Ghostbusters um, what how did you choose these women I mean they're brilliant and they're great but how do you choose them
4: you know I, I just I'm privileged I get to work with uh, the funniest women in the planet on the planet including yourself and and you know what it is when I was putting this together I just said I have lists of people who make me laugh and I have one list that the people that make me cry with laughter and so I thought I'm doing Ghostbusters. i got to pull out the, the heavy guns. And yeah. So These four women are just so funny and uh, it's really an honor.
5: I cannot wait to see it. It is going to be hilarious and you did pick uh, and I love that you all these films you do with women. You do really funny strong women and I love that you do that. All right, Thanks. let's let's uh, let's take a look at the trailer. First all right. time. Yeah. Here's a
0: bigger picture in hand here ghost can possess the human form. Oh, hell no. The devil is a liar. Get out of my friend, ghost. Ow, oh, that's going to leave a mark. The
5: So
6: great.
5: Thank you. I cannot wait to see it. Ghostbusters opens in theaters July 15th. We'll be right back. Paul F. Congratulations. You you
1: you can't deny that he has grown up a comedy fan. He grew up reverent to something like Ghostbusters and I mean, to me, again, I just—he's I, a great choice for this. Um, you know, whether or not the movie's good, we're not going to get back into the criticisms. Um, but you know, he's—he's he's one of us. That's what I kind of dig about Paul Feig. The more that we hear from him and the more he talks about Ghostbusters, is he's—he's he's a fan and he doesn't want to screw it up. And you know, I think the more he says that, the more I believe him. Yeah,
3: I—I I mean, I've heard him talk uh, leading up to now too, because. We've been paying attention to him because we knew he was working on Ghostbusters, but he wasn't talking about Ghostbusters, but he was talking about his other movies and hear him talk about, uh, you know, spy movies when he was, you know, when spy was making the rounds and stuff like that. Yeah, he's... He's very much one of us. He's a genre nerd. He's a comedy nerd,
1: and he loves all of the tech too, which I think you know. He mentioned at that Q and A that we saw at at Ghost Core. He mentioned how much he loves all of the techno techno babble and the gack and all of the gear that these characters are going to be using. And um, I th- I think a good indicator of that is the viral marketing campaign that launched that we talked a little bit about on the the roundtable episode. But if you haven't seen it yet, you you need to go to. Um, is it paranormalstudieslab.com, Chris? Is that the, yeah. So go to paranormalstudieslab.com and you'll, you'll be met with the Kenneth P. Higgins Institute website. And this is the start of their sort of in world viral marketing campaign from Sony. But, um, there you get some great, um, you get schematics and you get good looks at the gear and then you get a great featurette where they talk. Um, uh, With an MIT consultant that kind of, you know, went into how the proton pack is actually going to work and made sure that everything was, you know, in theoretical science plausible and so that everything had a reason and everything was functional, which I really loved. Um, And then we also had Andrew Schaefer on Twitter confirm that this institute might share some inspiration from the Rhine Research Center, which developed the Zener cards uh, from the original Ghostbusters. So it's, it's one of those institutions that's been studying the paranormal for a great amount of time, inspiring an institution in the movie that we are to, led to assume has been studying the paranormal for a great amount of time.
3: Yeah, people should check out the website, because uh, that feature in particular has not a lot, but a couple more clips from the movie that we didn't see in the trailer. Uh, and it also has at the time, uh, we've seen bits more here now, but uh, our first look at what the traps were. One of the big right. question marks right. for months now was what do the traps look like? And then strangely enough, once we saw it on that, uh, a couple of my followers uh, pointed out that we actually see it in the background of the trailer. Uh, there's a there's a storage unit, possibly a containment unit analog. That's holding one of the trap devices.
1: Yeah, because they're little canisters. They remind me of the the canisters that you go to the bank drive-through window and you, you know, send your thing through that pneumatic tube. Yeah,
3: it's basically, yeah, they made made it a tube this time, a slightly bigger tube than the little boxes. And instead of the box had the flaps opening up. I mean, you could have done the same thing with this. You could have had like the Bombay doors kind of hatch at the top. But in this case, they've got this strange front and back opening. It's hard to describe. It's like a
1: shell opening to yeah. me. It's got that kind of, yeah, the left and the right sides open uh, into a V shape. But, uh, yeah, very, very cool. The other thing that I thought was interesting there when we're uh, while we're talking about all of the gear, um, they're comparing the original Proton Pack from the original film to their design, kind of looking at the details and the things that were on that pack and comparing it to what they're doing. Um, and, and shout out to Sean Bishop, longtime ghost head, who on my Facebook said, oh my God, that's my proton pack. He apparently lent his proton pack to them (laughs) to take a look at. Oh, really? And here it is showing up in this featurette. So, you know, a a fan built pack is getting the scrutiny of, of the production company trying to figure out, you know, reference in terms of what we're going to take and what we're going to mold into something different, which I thought was a really cool nod also.
3: Well, hell, if anybody should be included, Sean should be, so... Yeah, that's a uh, very, that's very nice. cool, you know,
1: that's involving cool. the fans again, involving the fans. They're really extending these branches to the fans. So, yeah, check, check it out. You have to go. Um, and then uh, Drew McQueenie also pointed out on this featurette. Uh, for those of you, you know, he's Moriarty and ain't it cool news days for us old people. Um, but on the credits block, because there's there's no credits on either one of the trailers that have come out. Um, you know that usually you get the coming soon, and then there's the the stamp with the credits of everybody that worked on the film. Yep. Um, it's on the featurette. It's not on the trailers. Um, and they've done a really cool thing where usually you get um, character credit or intellectual property credit. You know, based on characters created by James Cameron, that kind of thing. Um, but in in this new Ghostbusters film, um, they are crediting basically Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Ivan Reitman, and they're saying based on Ghostbusters written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and directed by Ivan Reitman. So uh, maybe, again, we have to see the actual movie, but maybe there's enough of the like storytelling seeds, threads, um, tropes, um, if If there was enough in this movie that was similar enough to the original movie that you know maybe one of the guilds said, "Hey, you have to credit that entire movie because this is this is very similar, yeah,
3: I think characters created by doesn't cover the fact that this those movie, characters aren't
1: in it right it's they're different characters, and not
3: only that, the stuff that they're they're borrowing are prop packs you know iconic props and the car, and you know um." But it's not like you're gonna say, uh <laughs> based, based on the cool cool gear.
1: <laughs> yeah. Based on all of the iconic things that you saw in a nineteen eighty four film. Yeah.
3: The I- other thing to bear in mind too is though, is that it's strangely like an inverted pyramid compared to most other um, you know, name blocks that you see in posters and the trailers, in that this one um starts with the stars. Because that's typical.
1: Oh yeah, always. Yeah. But
3: then goes to uh, Reitman and Ackroyd and Ramis, and then down to uh, new producers. Then uh, uh, Feig and Katie Dippold, and then the last one is directed by Paul Feig. It's which is kind of inverted. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like it's inverted because that stuff tends to come
1: higher up. Yeah, usually, I mean, usually on those credit blocks, you're right, it's always the stars first, but then it's, you know, a Paul Feig film or something at the top, which he, he can't, it, it would be in poor taste for him to call this a Paul Feig film. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you notice the domestic trailer didn't call out from the director of Bridesmaids and Spy, um, which the international trailer did. And I think that's very, that's very conscious. You know, it's, there's yeah. a fine line, especially with the guild rules for the DGA that you can't call it a film by under certain certain guidelines, but, um, but also it's just, it's in poor taste, you know, here, here he is, you know, jumping onto intellectual property that again, he self admittedly keeps saying, I did not invent, I wish I invented it because it's so clever, but I did not invent this. Um, so.
3: Well, yeah, going back to the, the, the bit where he did the trailer walkthrough and he mentions sweating over the initial cards because he wanted to be reverential to the movie they were following in the footsteps of.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah, very very interesting. It's another one of those tiny details that is easily lost in the the chaos of Trailer Watch 2016. Um, but here's here's another one that got buried, and I think you and I caught on to it uh, about a week after it actually came out. But um, car aficionados are really sort of poring over every detail of the new Ectomobile, and AutoWeek did an interview with Paul Feig specifically about the car, which I thought was really cool, and he talked about how the original movie had the car from the '50s, and because they didn't have any money, that made a lot of sense. And he liked the idea that his Ghostbusters don't have a lot of money either. So they started looking. They started looking at mid '80s cars that cost, you know, less than a thousand dollars to kind of find a similar price range uh to what would have been comparable in 1984 and that's when they got to those mid 80s cadillacs and so yeah. they, they looked around they found this 82 cadillac hearse and it apparently sells for 800 dollars on ebay according to this article which i'm sure that value is going to go up now yeah, not for, for much longer people, yeah yeah but um
3: you and i talked about this before early on when we first when he released those pictures during production of the ecto and people went mad um uh, they still haven't stopped, but that was the first time they went mad trying to figure out what the car was that <clears throat> it was the perfect analogue to the first movie, because the first movie was a fifty nine and it was out in eighty four. So that was, you know, twenty five years. <laughs> they it was nineteen eighty four and they bought themselves a twenty five year old uh Cadillac. Uh this movie is twenty sixteen. You go back uh twenty five years, or in this case, uh 24, 20 Yeah, twenty
1: four yeah. at the time of filming. Well roughly yeah. Yeah. Approximately yeah.
3: the same length of time. They Instead of picking, uh, I mean, they could have picked a 60, they could have picked a 70, right? But in this case, almost exactly, they went, nope, just back 25 years-ish. What would they? What they so, yeah. have, Find me a Cadillac then, and sure enough, what's that's what cheap? We got.
1: What's an old clunker that we can pull off of Craigslist for no money at all? And that's that's exactly what it is. And I, <laughs> I mean, that, again, I don't want to keep rubbing this in, but seeing it in person and up close, and then seeing it in the trailer, screaming around that corner, I'm I'm sold on it. I feel like it does the exact same thing, you yeah. know, for this film that the '59 Caddy did back then.
3: I've spoken about this before when that article went up. That I think, to be honest, it's my second favorite. Uh, not counting the, the 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 cartoon ones, which are actually stylized and uh, uh, well, technically f- fictionalized, right? But uh, they're great. They, they but they're not a real world car. If I'm talking about the real world ectos, I think it goes the one from the first movie, this new one, and then the Ecto One A. And mostly that comes down to the Ecto One A was just kind of a disappointment. It was the the Ecto One, same car we love it to death, but it just got weirdly bulky with lots of stuff more stuff on the roof and the light and people were like it makes sense I was like I don't care if it makes sense it's just
1: it's it's
3: tacky. They've like, got, uh, yeah. They've, they've got like lost a, all the
1: lines. Yeah, but again, <coughs> like but a, that was nah. the point. Is they're they're now you know trying to sell themselves with the yeah. Señor Español kind of thing on the side of you know they're like yeah. used car salesmen. And uh, that's the, the, and the joke. The, it's funny, guys. It's broad comedy. That's the joke. And the
3: thing that it has the the Ghostbusters two logo on it, which was again kind of a strange thing. I understood that it was the branding they had done for the second movie, but then to see it intrude into the real world felt weird
1: how does that happen
3: so i mean at the end of the day yeah that's and i like i said that's what i love about the trailer is to watch this new ecto-1 just screaming around the streets Yeah, Yeah. especially the the international trailer where the siren's running because no ecto is complete without its siren running
1: yeah and it has that old classic uh ambulance siren which is is cool so yeah um all right one more ghostbusters 2016 news related item and this is a big one, everybody. Check your blood sugar levels, cause it's coming. <laughs> it has been confirmed that we will see Ecto Cooler on shelves before the July release date of the movie. Now, when we when that exactly is and where we don't know, but we have confirmation that yeah, we're going to be seeing it in stores a lot sooner than the actual movie release. So get ready, get uh, get your cameras ready to start doing those unjuice boxing like we talked about a couple episodes ago, because. coming and then also keep your ears to the ground because we hear that stern pinball is going to be making an announcement if they haven't already by the time that you're listening to this there's something coming about that pinball machine so we don't have any details on it again we've talked about it on a couple of the podcasts before so make sure you go back check our back catalog to listen to that but um yeah stern pinball machine everybody get ready for that you can drink your ecto cooler while you're playing pinball One hour and three minutes into the podcast. Now here's here's something that I think is very funny. You and I, while we're sitting having lunch at Sony, we just saw the trailer, we're riding this high. Ivan Reitman comes and he sits down at the table. Oh my god, we're talking to Ivan Reitman. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. I blurred out, I'm like, So what are you working on at Ghost Core? And Ivan was so gracious to say what they were working on, and he tells us this thing, and then, you know, at a certain point, um there's that, you know, the the sniper up in the, the crow's nest that's looking down on you like you weren't supposed to know that yet there was that moment where we go oh okay well, <laughs> we didn't hear anything what, what 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 did we not hear uh plausible deniability we don't know what we heard um but basically what they were saying is that they wanted to focus on the release of this first movie and then they would talk about what's coming out next great oh totally makes sense to me Cut to uh, this Wednesday, right as that international trailer is dropping. The Hollywood Reporter confirms that there is a Sony Pictures Animation animated feature for Ghostbusters in the works and that they've attached a director to it. Uh, Fletcher and, again, I, I'm terrible with names. Why am I hosting a podcast, Chris? But I think it's Fletcher Moles, Mole. I would say Mole. That sounds very classy. I actually
3: think it might be Mules
1: mools. Oh yeah, mools. That makes more sense. Fletcher Mools.
3: I've been trying to look it up and nobody's giving me a pronunciation, but it's a um, it's got its roots in uh, England, Ireland, Australia, oh, okay. which is All where right. he's from obviously. So I think it's just Mools.
1: Mools. Yeah, and he's I mean the the part of the reason that we don't know how to pronounce his name is cuz he's he's a fairly new director. He's been doing a lot of commercial he's work. He's foreign. And he's new. No, foreign, he's new. Sorry, you're right. And I'm an ignorant American, that's no. true. But <laughs> but he's done the Clash of Clans commercials and he also did a few things for the the Lego Star Wars um and and in fact actually worked on Star Wars Attack of the Clones as a creature designer. That's it's yeah. he's got a very interesting and eclectic CV, which I think is funny. But um so this this article comes out says, "Yep, animated movie is coming, there's a director attached." No, there is not a script for it yet either so it sounds like you know there are still writers out there that are you know pitching what this animated film could be but to me i think it's, it's a safe bet that it's going to tie into this summer's movie maybe even bridge some gaps in between the original two films and this summer's movie to me that this is the opportune time because in the animated format you can do a whole lot more so
3: yeah um interestingly enough when that got posted uh morris lamar showed up actually to comment <laughs> Oh, Directly.
1: you're kidding. Egon Spangler <laughs> Egon himself Spangler commented himself. on it. Uh,
3: or Brain, if you're an Animaniacs uh, yeah. fan. Um, or Orson Welles in any number of cartoons that you didn't realize <laughs> he was there. Um, yeah, he popped up to say that, uh, nope, nobody's spoken to us, because that was the big question. Um, uh. and, and nods to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rain Ryan, Ryan Dole of the Ghostbusters of British Columbia, when... Uh, I was chatting after I got back into town about meeting Ivan Reitman. He was like, oh, I wish I could have been there. First thing I would have asked him, was it r- real Ghostbusters? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, why the hell didn't we think of asking that? <laughs>
1: yeah. um,
3: but that was a lot of people's first question was, is it real Ghostbusters? And he said, well, if it is, nobody's talked to nobody's us. Nobody's talked.
1: Well, and it's it's a little, again, there's no script for it yet. So they're probably not attaching voice talent to it quite yet. But no. um, yeah. You know, it's, it's still in development. I think step one is, yeah, they've got a director. He probably has a take on what this is, what that take is remains to be seen, but now they attach a few writers to it and start, you know, molding it into something. And then we'll start hearing about voice talents. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing that was in this article, again, we're we're not supposed to be focusing on the future, but the article confirms that the Channing Tatum, Joe, and Anthony Russo sequel is still in the works as well. There there was that little tidbit that they just sort of threw in at the end, like, "Here's what Ghost Core is continuing to do." So, sequel, sequel is coming. Animated feature is coming. This Ghostbusters 2016 movie is doing exactly what they want it to do. The future yeah. is coming behind it.
3: I. I think there's a lot of weight we can put on the animated one because the article came out on the heels of us hearing from Ivan Reitman himself that it was, was happening. Um, the Channing Tatum one, I, I'm not saying they're wrong. I just, it feels a little bit more like they're just kind of acknowledging what we already knew, which was that one had kind of the wheels had started to turn. Um, but we don't know exactly what that means or where it's at. I mean, Uh, Last we'd heard, it had gotten shelved. So what I mean, what does it mean when they they say "still in the works"? Like still in the works. I mean, development.
1: Yeah, I mean, think think back to the twenty five plus years of Ghostbusters three development hell that we went through. That yeah, yeah. There there was a Judd Apatow version, and there was an Ethan Cohen version, and uh, all all in development. And that's I think right now that's that's what's going on here you know this is this is the movie that is sort of in the hopper that they're working on a script for figuring out a take for they're probably again waiting to see what the response is to this movie and how it's going to affect what's coming up next obviously but um yeah it it, you know they always have another coal in the fire it's hollywood that's it's a business guys i mean for everybody saying it's a cash grab you are absolutely right it is a business and they want your money i am sorry that's a cold hard fact Uh, yeah
3: what's most heartening about the animation news is is the director I mean he's a little bit of an unknown but but his CV is almost perfect do you know what I mean yeah, For what comedic, we need
1: comedic talent and getting Com- that story across in 90 seconds or less
3: and, and, and you know uh, exactly like so funny animation which is tricky it's hard to impart uh, comedy in especially at a <clears throat> well this is we're talking motion picture level, too. This is not even... So that obviously gives them a bit more time. Uh, oh, God, that's the other thing, though. If they don't have a script, it takes like three years to put one of these things together. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, we're talking... Because the animation mm. alone... And, and you know, uh, again, Fletcher's CV sort of shows that he is more of a... Less of a cell animation person and more of a CG animation person, which is which is the trend now. So it's safe yep. to assume that it's going to be a computer-generated animated feature. Yeah, exactly. Um but that still takes time. That still, takes, still takes a lot time. of time.
3: But what I like about the pick about him is if we assume it's going the CG route, um that what we're getting is a guy who can do uh, you know, comedy funny uh so like the Lego and the Clash Clans. But like you said, he's got a background in doing creatures for Star Wars. So, you know, this this is not my little po- animated my little pony. He's got to make a real Ghostbusters world filled with Ghosts and monsters. So I, I kind of that's the bit of the CV that I like is that he's got this background, you know, much like Phil Barlow uh, designing creatures for yes, Real yeah. Ghostbusters and Extreme Ghostbusters. This guy's coming in that's got his feet wet making non-human characters, like creature characters for animated productions.
1: Yeah, with that knack knack for design, which I think is going to be great. So, so yeah. So again, promising things on the horizon. Um, I think that. The fact that we're all talking about the July movie, you know that this might have snuck in under the radar again. Look, we're an hour into the podcast, and we're just now talking about a new Ghostbusters (laughs) animated movie. Can you believe that? It's crazy. So, you know, I I think again, just sort of take it. Don't take it with a grain of salt because it is official. It's coming from the Hollywood Reporter. It's a it's a good viable source, but at the same time, this is just the preliminary first step stages. This could all dissipate in an instant. So, you know, just just know that something cool is on the horizon and it's in the works. That's, that's what to take away from this. Um, all right. So we're now at an hour and 11 minutes and I wanted to save this we're for last.
3: Done. We're almost done.
1: We're almost done. But, uh, a Novos, we love you guys. We really absolutely love you guys. I am so sorry that you teased your new Props. The day before a new <laughs> Ghostbusters trailer was launched I mean if if you if you look at if you look at the social networking um trends as as a Tetris game, you guys dropped that super awesome like flat four across at the very beginning you we're like, oh my God, that's awesome and then all of a sudden we got a bunch of the blocks that really just mucked up our entire screen um and so so I to I wanted to give you guys your due because you, you tease this great image of four tattered, weathered name badges from the original films. You know, the Vankman stance, Sedmore, and Spangler uh, name badges. But and, and it was perfect. I think it's a great glimpse of what's in store for us. It's these accurate, um, very on-screen, uh, worn-looking props that I think are in store. Um, also, everybody didn't see the fact, I think, that your Instagram showed that your warehouse is haunted. So who better to do Ghostbusters props than people that have a haunted warehouse? <laughs> so so yeah, so everybody if you're not following Anovos on their Instagram, their Twitter feeds, they also have a newsletter that you can sign up for on their website. Just, you know, go searching. We'll post it again in our show notes, but um they're they're keeping people updated on the props that they're doing and they're doing amazing work for Star Wars and other properties that You know, people are getting these great Stormtrooper costumes that are from, like, head to toe, unbelievably screen accurate and so cool that make everybody look like they just stepped off the movie screen. So whatever's coming from them for Ghostbusters is going to be absolutely astounding. And I feel terrible that they announced or (laughs) teased it, like, on the day before something big happened because it kind of got lost.
3: The international trailer is out now you can tell us what your thing is we we want to know
0: <laughs> yeah, um, exactly this is more
3: it's sad but this is kind of how it goes that a studio there's no real me- good me- mechanism for them to tell um you know their their partners in uh, various levels uh, we're doing this thing because that's how s- secrets get out when you don't want them to. But you'd think that somewhere along the line somebody of come, come up with an informal one where Sony calls a Novos and go, "Yeah, no details, but if you had a plan to do anything, you know, this week, don't <laughs> maybe
1: don't or do it the week before, <laughs> exactly. or maybe wait a week after everybody. <laughs> now, when it's trending on Twitter, then you can throw something in there. Prior, or, yeah, prior
3: to Monday or after the following Wednesday. <laughs> otherwise don't
1: yeah it is so the worst uh, yeah. that would
3: happen is on social media somebody leaks sony's doing something big <laughs> around <laughs> this time
1: yeah <Ay-ay-ay-ay-ay. laughs> yeah poor poor novos but yeah so very cool stuff Definitely I'm sure go we'll check we'll find them, them out. more soon yeah don't wait another minute pick
6: up your phone and call the professionals go, go, go go stoppers. Stoppers. i'm sorry we'll do it again
1: we want to hear from you
3: leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742 that's 4702GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Chris is dead.
0: No kidding. Just give me the address.
3: Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters. Interdimensional monster. On Twitter, look for Troy at GhostbustersHQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I
0: just want to get back close again. What the hell?
3: If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute, pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC.
7: That ought to do it.
1: Thanks very much, right? <laughs> Chris, we we did okay. We did okay. We kept it under. I thought we were going to go an hour and a half at the least, but we we did all right. Now, a couple things that we didn't mention that I'll just throw in really quick before we wrap up our final thoughts. The Kickstarter campaigns for both Cleaning Up the Town and Ghost Heads, they're both done at the time that you're hearing this. Uh Now, Cleaning Up the Town, we know made their goal. Ghost Heads, when you and I are recording this, they're two days away and they are pretty darn close. So it's looking like they're going to make their goal. So. um, congratulations yeah. to both of those productions um, All of you involved Now get back to work because we want to see those documentaries Okay, You're going to get constant Feedback from people Where is that documentary so yeah, You've got Friday, a lot of work to do
3: I didn't feel great last Friday to be honest Because despite all the buzz Of the trailer uh, Both of them were still yeah, Both well under really you know, stalled
1: out Yeah I was, I was, like was really worried
3: And then I, I, again it may have been the trailer uh, I know they were doing a lot of hustling, and I think that was a combination of that and the fact that that attention was high on uh, on Ghostbusters, uh, which actually may have, hit. like I said, a perfect synergy of when they're reaching out to news outlets, going, "We're doing a thing," and they're like, "What is it? Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters is hot now. Do it. Talk about it. Put um, it on
1: the front page."
3: Claire and Anthony uh, super hustled the last the last week of their thing, and like like I said, I have having watched a lot of Kickstarters, thought, "Oh." That stalled. I don't know what the heck's going to happen here. It it well they exceeded. They they yeah. they went uh, two thousand pounds over their their thing.
1: They went beyond. And and same thing with Ghostheads. You know they've uh, again we're recording this on Wednesday, so I know that they're still out there hustling. But um, you know they they they're in the unique circumstance as well that this is their second crowdfunding campaign too. So it's it's tough to yeah to to quote unquote double dip because you've already had a lot of people that have 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 donated so yeah They, um, hit, so they that hit, i was they worried hit the that core, they yeah. hit that that wall as well so hopefully hopefully they make it by the time you hear this hopefully we've got two fully funded ghostbusters documentaries and then we're gonna get we're gonna get to our may june july of two feature documentaries and a feature film and all sorts of cool stuff and we're all gonna be hopped up on ecto cooler and it's just gonna be a party man it's gonna be great
3: ecto cooler and vodka
1: and crystal head yeah Hey, Crystal High Vodka. We're still waiting for our free samples, (laughs) by the way. Um, But anyway, so Chris... Let's, uh, I got to throw to you, it's been a long time since you've gotten some, some true final thoughts in. So uh, I you, thought I you did got? a good one on the
3: uh, the listener you feedback. Did.
1: You did, and that was on zero notice. That was me calling you going, <laughs> you know it would be funny, Chris, if you called in and did final thoughts. And, and you did it, man. You were like asleep, and you bolted upright, and you did it, and it was great. But now you're here, you the get next, to do a proper the,
3: final thoughts. The next one is literally, you're going to call me, I'm going to be asleep, and I'm I'm going to do it from under my covers. just, hey, <laughs> drawing. What do
1: you want? God, with the podcast
3: All the time with the podcast Jeez um, Final thoughts this time I don't know This is such an overwhelming couple of weeks I don't know that anything is well formed enough to be a final thought I think what I'm most interested in Is this phenomena of what it means This reaction Because uh, I know while A certain contingent takes it as proof Of their own hypothesis uh, scientifically speaking, you can't do that. And, and and from where I'm standing, I'm interested to know exactly what this means. Mm, uh, it's, unusual, it's unusual for movies to get this level of intense, mm. passionate reaction in the numbers that it has. But is that good or bad? Don't know. Uh, we've seen that it has some positive effects, as we just talked about, right? I think you can attribute a lot of the success of what should have been, you know, uh, beached whale status for not one but two fan documentaries has, in fact, gave them the enough kick to to go over the line.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, but then there's the giant question mark. What does it mean that so many people are so negative about this movie and so, you know, unwilling? Not wrongly. I mean, it's their choice. But but unwilling to kind of move out of the way to see what happens do you know what I mean like mm, yeah um, so that's what I'm most interested in we've got a uh, we've seen the trailer and guess what I didn't hate it My, <laughs> I admittedly I'm fairly easy sale uh, uh, just not as a, a Ghostbusters fan but have I ever talked to you about the, the Highlander 2 scale no no not at all I brought it up a couple times I used to write for IGN I used to do movie reviews and I brought it up a couple times just so people knew what the hell I was talking about right Um, I saw Highlander 2 speaking of following in the footsteps and at a time where reboot wasn't a phrase Highlander 2 was I think the proper term would have been retconned Um, Highlander 2 was a complete reworking of what the hell Highlander 1 was all about Um, they were aliens and it that went into the future and how Connor McLeod as the one, you know, the last man standing and, and the, you know, how he transformed the world and then it all went wrong. I was like, what? Um, <laughs> same thing. I loved Highlander and I was so excited to see Highlander 2. And I went in and watched Highlander 2 and it was horrible. And it is, it is the movie by which I measure all other movies. Mm. You, and you have to work. Really hard to reach Highlander 2 status. To so, be
1: worse than Highlander 2. Oh boy.
3: It's a movie, if you haven't seen it, where you can actually see the point where Sean Connery exes- executes his turkey claws in his contract. The bit in production <laughs> where he goes, uh, Well, the hell with this shirt, and just says, <laughs> Write me out. And they do. And, it, and the reason you know it's been executed is because he died from slowly descending or uh, descending blades. Like literally stood in the middle of a, like a lowering air vent thing and goes, "You guys go, I'll hold yep. this." Yeah, why I'm don't we, why don't we all go? Nope, I'll stay and hold it. I hope it doesn't kill me. At which point I'm out of the movie and I'm going back to the Caribbean. So like I say, I am obviously biased in Ghostbusters sense and that's even before then you marry in the fact that Holy cow! A lot of really crappy movies. I've still walked away going, but at least it's not Highlander 2.
1: Exactly. There you go. For for all the people that tweeted out hashtag Is it Ghostbusters 2 previously, just respond <laughs> to all of that hate with hashtag Is it Highlander Is 2? <laughs> there you go. That's that's our response. That's, that's my I and think.
3: that's my final thought. I was pleased. Like I said, a small part of me, I try to remain objective, but you know, I'm me, so some of it is always going to be subjective. And I always had this fear of, well, what, as I as I find out more, I, there's nothing there for me. At a certain point, I got to practice what I preach then and go, well, I guess this is for the kids then and I'll, I'll hope this spurs more stuff down the line. But so far, like I said, I got a couple of good laughs out of the first trailer. Second one, not as much, but I'm not abandoning the movie.
1: But yeah, you're not you're not jumping ship yet. Yeah, I to me, uh, just really quickly, when you send me your thoughts and they're negative, I gotta tell you, all I hear in my head right now is EOLOs don't bring me down, and uh, <laughs> it's just drowning out whatever you're sending to me. I'm not ignoring you, I just am I'm not hearing you. So. Oh, you and
3: I need to put out a sound. Because the other thing is every time somebody calls me a shill is uh, oh there's a couple of real good money songs that <laughs> that come to mind. Same thing. I just Let's have this automatic make soundtrack lots in money. my
1: money. Yeah, that's totally what we're <laughs> doing. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, don't forget it, hashtag is it Highlander 2 That's some pretty good ammunition from Chris Stewart, everybody. We're gonna we're gonna leave you with that. Do with it what you will, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week on the other side.
0: Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross-Rip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net.
1: That used to be one of my two favorite
6: shows! You're kidding me. Oh
5: great,
2: what was the other one? Fastmaster. Everything you're doing is bad. I want you to know it. Next week though, Careless pets. Weird.
1: the I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>